guys. Welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for another great interview. I've got Jessica Sikora with me. Jessica has got a passion for mental health in youth and has had her own path and her, her own beautiful things that she has created that she will share today with us. So I'm dead excited. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on to my show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure. Jessica, Super Bands. Now, that is a name that says a lot. Tell us about <laughs> Super Bands. I jumped straight in. Because yeah, no, tell us, I'm excited. Tell us what you're doing, and then we can go maybe a little bit back, because that was not the way how it all started. So <laughs> what is Super Bands all about? Yeah, so Super Bands is a nonprofit organization that I founded um, just a couple of years ago. So in 2014, um, it was just a kind of spur of the moment type of idea. I never really planned on pursuing an entrepreneurial journey or nonprofit journey. Um, but the, the goal and the mission of Super Bands is to raise awareness for the youth mental health crisis and doing that through music. So empowering young people who are struggling, young music fans, um, making that, helping them realize that they're not alone in the journey that they're going through, helping them realize that they're not the only person struggling, not the only person that may have these ups and downs, um, and just really emphasizing that power of community and music for, for young people. Um, and as of recently, also expanding that mission into making wishes come true. Um, so there's something so magical about making somebody's, you know, number one wish come true. And for a lot of music fans, especially the younger, the younger folks, um, you know, why don't we give them a music experience of their dreams, get them to the front row, get them to meet their favorite artists and really have that powerful night to remember so that, you know, young people who are struggling with depression or struggling with bullying um, and really just going through a hard time can really have these memories to hold on to and help them, you know, stay strong. Um, so our tagline, of course, is to stay strong and to keep rocking on. And that's something that I firmly believe has um, the power to really change people's lives. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but how did you get onto that journey? I mean, that yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> endeavor. But uh, when you were 12, I can't imagine that you thought, hey, one day, you know, I do super bands. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a very uh, kind of crazy path for me. I never, again, really um, anticipated being an entrepreneur or being a philanthropist or really doing anything of this sort. Um, when I was... Um, Around the age of 13, I struggled with a lot of like issues fitting in. We had recently moved to a new town um, and I was going through puberty, really not the most elegant and not the most graceful uh, teenager or adolescent. Um, and I had a hard time fitting in. It was a very new town. And I think that also, uh, you know, led to a lot of confidence issues. And eventually, you know, a lot of teenagers, especially girls, can be quite mean. Um, so there was bullying. Um, and I really, really struggled. I really had this, like, burden on my shoulders and had a hard time 
coping with the ways that I was being treated in this new town in this unfamiliar area. So for me, I did not feel very comfortable disclosing how I felt with to my parents. I come from um, a traditional Asian background where my parents had immigrated to the United States. And I felt, you know, as the oldest child, I should really be setting a good example for my siblings. Um, and because my parents had immigrated here, I felt almost like it was disrespectful for me to say that I was sad. Why? You know, we lived in a nice house, a nice area. Um, they really were working hard for us. So I kept it all to myself. And for me, it was my music that really got me through some of the hardest times of my life. I relied on my favorite songs, my favorite artists um, to really get me through. I would lock myself in my room for hours and just listen to music nonstop. Uh, my parents definitely, um, you know, were very kind and they got me a lot of concert tickets. I know those aren't cheap now looking back on it, but I went to concerts and that was my escape. That was my, you know, night where I felt like I fit in somewhere. So, you know, all the problems I had, I escaped from. And, you know, that was my life from, you know, these 13 to 17. Um, and it wasn't until I moved back home after college, you know, I had overcome all of the, you know, the struggles of fitting in at, in my hometown. And I moved away to college, um, you know, did my thing, never really thought much about, you know, that whole journey until I moved back home. So my sister is 10 years younger than me. So when I would moved home at 23, my sister was 13, um, loving music, obsessing over her favorite bands. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that was me. That was me, that crazy girl obsessed with the boy bands and obsessed with my music. And I had a moment of panic where I thought to myself, I would really hate if my sister went through what I went through. What if I could be that person to give her and give people of that age a community that I wanted so long ago? What if I could do that for people? Um, I grew up really shy. I was still shy at that time. And, you know, my parents kind of chuckled and thought to themselves, you know, who do you know? How do you think you can do this? Um, we support <laughs> you, but we don't know how we can really like guide you. What are you even doing? Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to give it a try and see where it goes. And, you know, all these years later, slowly but surely trying to um, continue to grow this this really little idea into this powerhouse that I really do believe has the, has the ability to change the world. Beautiful. <laughs> um, can I ask you about bullying? Can I ask you, because I'm, I'm, it's strange. I was bullied when I was very, very little. Um, so the first few years at school, I got beaten up. Then thereafter, in actually in Germany, in the schools that I went to, which was sort of middle class kind of thing. Um, mm. There was not really bullying. There was no mm. no behavior like that. Yet any youth film or anything you read from the United States um, or indeed other other parts of the world, the bullying is a huge huge issue. Right. Have you have you spoken to your parents? Did they experience bullying when they were younger? Um, when they were younger, they didn't, they didn't tell me any stories of, you know, not really fitting in when they were younger. I think they both led pretty good childhoods. Mm. Um, they grew up in the Philippines where everyone looked like them. Everyone, you know, had the same types of, mm. uh, everyone, you know, had the same types of like 
wealth. Uh, I think it was all pretty evenly distributed in the areas that they lived in. Um, so they didn't. And, you know, I think even mentioning it now to my parents as an adult and letting them know what I had gone through, um, it was shocking to them. And they thought, you know, this was just the things that happened in movies, the shows mm. that they would watch. Mm. Um, and it was just, be, it became a little bit more real when they realized, oh, their child went through it. You know, mm. how many other children have gone through this that are keeping it a secret or who maybe who have tried to open up to their parents and maybe got shot down, you know, mm. toughen up or, yep. you know, everybody goes through it. And really, no, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad that the numbers are growing and with social media and having phones mm. around, it's mm. like, no, Kids can get bullied even at home because yep. of their phones and the social media. So um, it is this really crazy mm. um, issue that is very often swept under the rug. Mm. Why? why? Not why it is swept under the rug. Why is there such a behavior in the first instance? Have you, do you, have you looked into the perpetrators? Have you looked into the bullies themselves? Um, and the question then that flows from there on is what are the schools doing about analyzing that and trying to, to help? Right. I mean, I'm definitely no expert in it. And I think just based on my experience and maybe looking back on things and listening to other people's stories, maybe the people who are bullying are being bullied themselves and want to have that position of power uh, mm. over someone else who's more vulnerable. Like mm. I said, I was very shy, very quiet. I wasn't really going to defend myself if somebody said anything mean to me, you know, I'd kind of just, you know, take it in and, mm. you know, turn away and pretend that I mm. didn't have anything to say back, even though in my head I had so many things to say. Um, mm. And I think in terms of, you know, what schools are doing, I know, obviously there's only, I don't want to say that it's a school's fault or anything like that, but there's only so much that they can do in some capacities. I know, unfortunately, when I had first had the idea for super bands and I wanted to get into schools mm. and, you know, speak about my experience mm. and kind of be uplifting and encouraging, um, I was shot down many times, including in my own, you know, school district saying, you know, we don't talk about that here. Um, we don't talk about suicide. Um, you know, that's too sensi sensitive of a topic. Um, we don't talk about bullying. And I think maybe there's this misconception that if we talk about suicide, then, mm. you know, our students are going to have the idea implanted in their head. Or if we talk about bullying, our, we're going to inspire our, the students to bully each other. And it really is the opposite. It's mm. kind of normalizing it and saying, you know, if you're going through this, um, speak up. You know, we do not tolerate this behavior versus, mm. you know, pretending it doesn't exist. Because in reality, no matter um, how wealthy a school is or how many programs they might put in, it might be just happening behind the scenes and it's mm. important to make sure that we're okay talking about it. Mm. And it's hard. It's so bloody hard. It is, it's hurt so much when you, when people talk behind your back, talk badly right. about you. And it's, it's just, if you haven't yet developed the self-confidence and the self, the self-love, that, that you do when you grow up after having gone through a lot of shit, uh, mm -hmm. then, then you can deal with that. But even now, I'm 54, and even now, if someone says something negative about me or even to me or that little bit of a, 
you know, the kind of eyebrow going up. Huh? Right. And that, that <laughs> little that little muscle there that gives me, oh my God, oh my God, am I not worthy? Am I not, am I not, you know, oh my God, you're right. Who am I to whatever it is? Um, right, it is, yeah. The self-doubt is there in all of us. But of mm. course, when you're young, you, you, you don't know how to deal with that. And these yeah. emotions are brutal and hard. And so are some some of the, the so, so is the bullying, no doubt about that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think even for myself, I even at work nowadays, um, I do also work full time on top of the nonprofit. So at work full time, I, mm. I've had moments where I've had a presentation and maybe something happens, you know, behind the scenes and somebody's laughing with another person. I always worry, oh my gosh, are they laughing at me? Is it? something that I said, did I say something wrong? Um, And then I'm thinking about it all day. um, But, you know, and even to the point of, you know, wanting to fit in at work or wanting to fit in, you know, your neighborhood and the town that you recently moved to, you want to fit in, you want to be cool, you want to get along with everybody. But, you know, as an adult, you're realizing, you know, you're not everyone's cup of tea, which is fine. But, you know, as a teenager, you just want to fit in. It's like the most important thing on your priority list. You want to be cool. You want to be popular. You want to be liked. And, you know, it's, it's hard, especially when not only are you not being accepted, but you're, you know, being completely pushed away by these mean insults that are completely unnecessary and, you know, completely untrue. Um, It hurts. It's definitely, definitely takes a toll on, you know, your self-esteem. And I guess to your point earlier that, you know, that self-confidence issue, mm. you know, I still deal with the the confidence issues um, after all of these years and we're still trying to build ourselves back up. Same here. Same here. <laughs> it's right. It will never Normal. stop. Oh, indeed, <laughs> indeed. That's right. And we need to demystify that and we need to, to move away from, from then beating ourselves up for mm-hmm. feeling like that. So not only do you feel bad, you then actually feel bad about feeling bad. And <laughs> it's just so stop it. And it's, yeah. but, but that you need the mindfulness to actually say, okay, stop. I, I just step exactly. out here out of the situation and actually <laughs> look what really is going on here. But it's, right. I'm, as, I'm as guilty as charged. I, 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 <laughs> there is a teenager in me still and very strong mouthed uh, <laughs> yes yeah i agree oh please no that's good it's interesting that you say that you had difficulties getting into your own school district and saying these kind of mm-hmm. things and we see that here in new zealand a lot uh, we have got one of the highest youth suicide rates in the world wow and i i looked into that for for my book my steps to sobriety because i wanted to address depression and suicide etc and what i did not take into account was the copycat suicides. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an example of a famous female chef killing herself in the United States, and that was uh, portrayed in the news in quite some details. Uh, and it was an unusual way of her taking her life. Two days later, another celebrity chef took his life in oh exactly gosh. the same way. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of soul searching then when it came to how media should portray the issue of suicide. And there was a lot of fear. So there are actually guidelines uh, for journalism, how to deal and the, with the reporting of deaths where people took their own lives. 
Right. Yeah. So, and it is, it's quite interesting. So I talk quite a bit of that in my book and it is a difficult thing because there is no right answer. I think we mm-hmm. need to so talk about mental health and we need to talk about anxiety and depression and all these kind of things and make it clear that this is normal. This is normal. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. abnormal. It is normal for you to feel anxious. It's normal for you to have butterflies, which is sometimes nice. And it's absolutely mm-hmm. normal to feel absolute terror, a wave of terror washing over you that you want to lock yourself in a bathroom. That is normal. Yes. That yeah. happens to virtually everyone. The difference mm-hmm. between anxiety disorder and, let's say, a soldier who is running into an enemy who's shooting at him. No one wants to do that. This guy is terrorized. This guy is hell talk, bullying. That's metal bullies here. And yet the soldier has learned to compartmentalize, to deal with the terror. He allows himself to feel the terror and and the negative and then pushes it to the side. And Mm -hmm. these are the kind of things that we need to teach, that we need to show. It's normal to have an anxiety attack. It's Mm -hmm. normal to feel not good enough. And this feeling is normal. Don't beat yourself up about it. But know know that this feeling will probably go away. It's a Mm -hmm. feeling. It's an emotion. It's probably not actually based on anything. It's very unlikely mm-hmm. that you are running into machine gun fire. Mm-hmm. And probably your, your, your concern is, oh my God, what will they think about me when I do some public speaking, uh, mm-hmm. when I, I present my report? Exactly, um, yeah. Well, what's the worst that possibly could happen if you actually just think about that and start working along the more rational end? Um, mm-hmm. Is there really, will my life stop? Probably mm-hmm. not. Um, so these kind of things. So it is, it's so normal, but the anxiety is there. I mean, you, you, said, you said it yourself in your presentations. Um, it, is, <laughs> it is something. How did you learn to deal with that? How did you actually start working with that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Superman's actually helped a lot. Um, I had to be brave. I had to step out of my comfort zone because to my parents' point earlier, you know, I didn't know anyone who was going to help me make this a reality except for myself. (laughs) Um, So I had to be the biggest cheerleader, the biggest advocate for this little idea that I had. Um, So I started reaching out to people. I knew that, you know, they were like, who is this girl that's, you know, in our inbox or giving us phone calls? Um, But yeah, to your point, starting to rationalize things, you know, the worst they could do is tell me no, Um, who cares? And, you know, and if they do, and if they ignore me, then so be it. They weren't Mm. meant to be part of the journey. Um, so I, I've learned a lot through this, you know, passion project of mine Mm. and, you know, just being okay with being uncomfortable. It has obviously taken quite a lot of effort and a lot of time, a lot of trial by fire, I would say more often than that. Um, and even in my career, I, you know, they, I've been around a lot of really, really great, intelligent people. I've watched them present and wanting to almost just mirror them and learn from them and really, uh, you know, surrounding myself with people who inspire me, who empower me, who can, you know, teach me. Mm. And I think it's just about, you know, finding your tribe, the right people. And I think, 
you know, I'm even now I'm still trying to figure it out. I, you know, <laughs> definitely have not figured it all out and <laughs> still kind of doing trial by fire, whether it's in my career or with super bands or even in my personal life. Um, but we all, we live and we learn. And I think that's kind of just what I've been able to take away through this mm. journey. You know, it's, it's okay to be uncomfortable and, um, you know, you're going to find your tribe. I didn't for a long time. I had a hard time finding that place where I fit in. And, you know, maybe I'm kind of a floater. Maybe that's who I am, where I have different groups for different types of things mm. that I do or different likes that I have. Um, and that's okay. You know, just being okay with who you are. I think mm. just being unapologetically yourself. <laughs> I still haven't figured out what I want to be when I grow up. So, you know, it is it will keep going for you. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> but to actually to actually go for super bands, I love that. Uh so how do you go about finding your victims? Because you know, <laughs> once you've decided, okay, you are mine. Uh yeah. you I can see you being on the phone and email and and message, etc. How do you go about that? So yeah, how do you I find a band? My my mom, my dad, and even my husband, they all, they all say to me, like, do you ever sleep? Like, you just, like, your brain, like, doesn't turn off. Um, and it doesn't. Um, I exactly. have a hard time. I have a hard time staying asleep because, you know, even super bands, I woke up and when for the first idea, the t first time I ever thought of super bands, it was like two o'clock in the morning. I woke up and I was like, oh, my, oh my God, I have this idea. So I was like writing so down bad. all these ideas. Um, so that's kind of just how I am. I, I always just, you know these little bursts of creativity and these little sparks of ideas, I definitely take advantage of them. But yeah. um, first, I, I definitely accredit a lot of, you know, these different avenues that I've started to take and continue to take through um, mentors, to advisors, people who I've just connected with, whether it's by chance, whether it's mm. by a mastermind group, mm. whether it's through connections like these. Um, I really have been able to connect with a, real, a lot of really great people. Mm. Um, and, you know, LinkedIn is a very powerful tool. I would say that, you know, at 28, that's my favorite social media tool. <laughs> I don't use Instagram or Twitter or Facebook nearly as much as I am on LinkedIn. Mm. And just looking at different people who I can connect with thinking of different companies, whether it's, you know, music organization or mm. youth organization or entertainment mm. or really anything, you know, finding where, where are my blind spots and who can help fill those, whether it's on a board of directors um, or an advisor or just being oh, a mentor nice. to me, nice. I simple pitch, you know, this is mm. who I am and this is what I am mm. interested in. You know, you have a lot of great skills. Um, I'd love to chat. And it's as simple as that. And, you know, I've definitely sent probably over a thousand, two thousand messages and LinkedIn connections. And mm. I definitely didn't get all of those accepted or mm. um, answered, but it's fine. You know, you weren't meant to be my connection. It's fine. Uh, maybe later down the line. And I think, you know, I think a lot of the time, um, you know, people might be a little afraid to reach out to other people, especially mm. when they're higher up in their company or, mm. you know, well, well known. Um, but honestly, you never know who's willing to give you a chance. And well, exactly. I definitely have, you know, I've learned that, honestly, I've been surprised at the the kinds of people who have reached out or who have been interested and jumped on a call with me. And especially with even like the pandemic, um, right. you know, there are no live events and concerts, but right. I have this idea for all these VIP things. Um, right. I think, you know, I capitalized on the pandemic and right. took advantage of the fact that a lot of executives are home right now. 
And Perfect. I'm like, just give me 15 minutes. Give me 30 Perfect. minutes. Yep. I promise I'll change your mind. Um, and again, I think I've spent more time networking in this pandemic than any other time in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely helped my anxiety because you have to jump on calls with strangers and, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to ask you hard questions. And, um, you know, I hate confrontation. So that makes me very nervous. Um, I always like tell my husband, I just want him to sit across from me so he can like mouth me the answers. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, it it's, it's just human to human connection and they don't want to scare, they don't want to scare you. They just want to know the answers. And if you don't have the answers, it's okay. Mm. Very true. Very true. I recently uh, approached some superstars myself, um, but I'm struggling to get to them because these Mm -hmm. are superstars and they are basically, well, they are superstars that ended up in trouble with alcohol. So, of course, my mm-hmm. my journey gels to a certain degree. But I guess I'm stuck with their managers, and I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm running a bit into closed doors here. Maybe I'm reaching a bit too high to the stars. But hey, like you yeah. said, if you Dream don't try, big. well, that's right. <laughs> if you don't try, you don't find out. But how do you deal with managers? Um. You know, I've had a lot, I've gotten a lot of um, great advice from people who have worked with artists in the past, whether they were tour managers or they worked for agencies, Mm -hmm. and they've just given a lot of really awesome advice in the sense that, um, you know, you have to make it as minimal work for them as possible. So little, very little reading for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Very, like, very detailed um, plan for what you plan on doing. Make make them have very minimal involvement, you know, say that I'm going to do this. Super bands is going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this is what you get out of it. Um, so mm. it really is just a matter of putting the right words together, I think. And, you know, not everyone's going to gel with that and that's mm. fine. Um, I've definitely learned sometimes my pitches might be way too long because I want to tell them so much at once. <laughs> I want them to get excited, um, but they don't want to read a lot. So mm. I think that's kind of where I've fallen short quite a number of times, but it's hard because you have to, you know, an artist, honestly, is probably more likely if I were to speak directly with an artist, they'd probably be super excited about it. Um, but the manager's thinking of like the the bottom line, the main goal, what can I get out of it? And I think that's been the hardest part for me as well, where I'm kind of still trying to figure it out. Um you know, and, and still, even especially with like the pandemic, I think it's very hard for people to visualize the whole like charitable component right now. It's very, um, you know, that's just not people's top of mind at the mm. moment. So Absolutely. gotten a lot of, you know, dead ends or, you know, kind of just oh, we'll circle back in 2021 and I'm like I'm ready now so true so true but I mean Mm -hmm. uh, having said that I mean if you think how many bands are out there how many performers are out there it is the dream of many young men and and women to to make Mm -hmm. it big so who are you interested in who would you love to work with Um, well, I dream big, but I will say that, you know, I always, I always follow the lead of our audience. So where are, where are the teenagers that do support us or teenagers and adolescents that support super bands? Where do they gravitate towards who, 
who's on their radar, who would they love to see? And it's a lot of the bigger name bands, honestly, which makes it harder for me. Um, so give us like, some how names. How do I get to them? Come on, name um, drop. A lot of people are saying, you know, Five Seconds of Summer, they want Taylor Swift, um, they want the Jonas Brothers. Honestly, the uh, Jonas Brothers would probably be that number one for me personally, uh, um, because the Jonas Brothers was the band, um, you know, when I was 13 that I was obsessed with. Oh, brilliant. Um, it's kind of just went full circle, right? Yeah. I think um, it's a matter of, um, yeah. you know, for me with super bands, I've hit a lot of dead ends. And um, as I've gotten older, I've, you know, I've said to myself, you know, this is, I've been working on Supervans for so many years and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. I just want to give up on Supervans. Like it's not, it, no, everyone will be fine if Supervans just drops off the face of the earth. Um, and th- honestly, the year that I said I, I had planned to give up on Supervans at the end of 2018, um, but the Jonas Brothers announced that they were reuniting. Um, so I took it as a sign from the universe that the universe said like, okay, Jessica, <laughs> one more year and see what happens yeah. so i told myself you know the jonas brothers are back so let me give it all i have for 2019 let me yeah. see what happens um and you know i got married last year so my wedding gift from so many people was a jonas brothers concert so i went to see them three times and it completely like i it was more of a gift for super bands than anything because it sparked the idea for the vip experiences and it reminded me of how important music is to people it reminded me of that feeling that i had when i was 13 where i was surrounded by these strangers and i fit in like this is home for me i belonged here everybody understood how i was feeling um, everybody knew all the lyrics too. I wasn't the weird Jonas girl like I was, you know, and I was a teenager. It's, it was so nostalgic and it was like more than anything, it was so empowering because I saw, I, it was the first concert I've been to in years. So I saw the people in the front row and like jumping around and I was like, what if I could give that to people who are, you know, going through some hard times, Mm. what could that really do for them? Mm. Um, So then here I am another year giving it my all. And I think I'm just going to keep going because every year or every time I feel like giving up, there's always a sign. Um, And I definitely believe in those, you know, there was like a a little nudge from the universe saying, not yet, don't give up just yet. You know, there's some, there's something out there. So yeah, continuing to give it my all. <laughs> I have to laugh because I had given up in my mind to trace the the big stars because I haven't even heard back from any of the bloody agencies. <laughs> so I actually thought I was all feeling a bit sad about myself. And now <laughs> listening to you, I actually thought, yeah, okay, add any any swear word you want there now. And then, and, and, nah. I'll actually let's keep knocking on doors here. yeah because exactly. it only takes one yes yeah um, indeed. and it's gonna take you know a million <laughs> million <laughs> pitches a million hours of our time but it'll be so dang worth it for the yes <laughs> well what we want to do is we want to we want to put a smile on someone's face out there. Uh, we, right. we have a message that we want to share. In your case, it's the bullying, it's the anxiety, it's the mental health problems in young people. And the message is, don't give up, rock on, because mm-hmm. there is a life out there, it's waiting out there. Take it, take it, oh, 
take it now. <laughs> and that exactly. Is, so yes, let's bring that message out there. And mine is let's the same actually demystify the mental health, demystify mm-hmm. addiction, and actually see it for what it is. It's a chronic disease, just as right. diabetes and, and, and heart disease, etc. No one no one looks at a at a diabetic and says, you 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 piece of worthless shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yet the addict gets that. So for crying out loud. So let's demystify mental health. Let's actually talk about the anxiety, the PTSD, the trauma, mm-hmm. the reasons why people drink or why people do stupid things like self-harm or things like that. Yeah, Let's no, talk I totally about, agree. Absolutely. Bring it out there. And if we can do that with with actually having some headliners uh, as as coming out and being honest about those things, because mm. guess what? Certainly drugs and alcohol, yes, please. Exactly, um, yeah. In, in because right. A, of the good sound, but B, of course, because they can speak the whiskey. <laughs> so, you know, it is. Exactly. Uh, it is what it is, but let's let's bring it out there. So cool, 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 cool. So Jonas Brothers. Um, oh no, mo- don't even get me started. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Why have they not said yes yet? What do know. we what do we have to do to convince them? Literally, you you tell me because I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to show them that I'm willing to put in the work. Um, because that would be completely full circle. Um oh, but yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess there's just so much unknown around it still. Like Superman's is so, even though it feels like I've been working on this for an eternity, um, Superman's is still so new. It's so such a novel concept, and you know there are organizations that are making wishes come true, and I want people to see that that there's potential behind. Um, to your point, you know, mental health is an illness as well. We need to, um, you know, we need to also consider that maybe these teenagers want their wishes to come true what if this wish could really change their life and I know personally it would have changed mine Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and maybe there's just this whole idea of I'm not sure like Mm -hmm. this is just this one girl who's trying to sell us this idea but Mm -hmm. I do think to that point I made earlier I think Mm -hmm. It's just going to take one yes. And if one artist can get on board and whether it's the Jonas Brothers or not, you know, that positive publicity and us showing, you know, you know, Superman's has their stuff together. They, this girl, this Jessica girl really got it figured out. I think that, you know, I think, you know, the rest of the artists will come cascading in because everybody wants to be part of the magic, you know, (laughs) in a world like this um, to be part of, that experience and that magical moment, I think, mm. can really can, can really draw people in. I know that that's why I would have wanted to, mm. you know, get involved. And that's so important, isn't it? And uh, mm. it is. It's a beautiful, beautiful endeavor you're you're doing there. <laughs> and it's it's if I can be of any help there, I bloody well shall. Um, so since I'm now knocking more on doors, um, maybe <laughs> we should link here. We should link arms and and start yeah, working together. And for sure. So I've got some ideas. So after this interview, <laughs> we're gonna start <laughs> putting a dream list together and actually figure yeah, out. Yeah, okay, for sure. But, because ultimately, yeah, let's make dreams come true. It's it, it can happen. I think it's like 
you know, especially in like this day and age, I think, you know, everybody want, we both like for, to that point too, the both of us want to do similar things. You know, I'm not going to say, Oh no, I don't want to help you because I want super bands to, to change the world. Not you. <laughs> um, we all want the same thing. We want to impact as many lives as we can, because we know what we've gone through and we know what this could do for other people. And, um, if it takes, you know, a hundred or a thousand or multiple thousand more messages than so be it but if we oh, make no, one it, no. <laughs> yeah I was saying the same thing I'm so tired <laughs> all the time but at least at least it shows that you put your heart into it and it's the same with me why the hell am mm. I spending my weekend recording uh interviews yeah. with guests because we want to change the world and is there really something wrong with that? No, no. Exactly. We are just crazy yeah. enough that we still have hope and that we still actually yeah. want to reach out and, and want to change the world. Uh, yeah, honestly, no. it's addiction of its own. Like I literally, <laughs> any free moment, I'm like, oh, let me see what I can do with super bands. So, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> hey, look, if guys now listen to us and say super bands, we want to know more. Where do they go? How do they find you? Yeah, so you can go on superbands.org um, and literally all the information's there, including our social media. We'd love a follow. We do post pretty regularly. Um, and yeah, I think I've, I've always been open to hearing people's stories. And I, to, you know, every time I felt like giving up, I think of all the messages that I've gotten of people's stories. And I refuse to give up on those people who, you know, have shared their stories. They've said that this could really change their life or, you know, it's impact music has impacted their life. And mm. who am I to say that? No, I don't want to help you or I want to turn you away. You know, exactly. I think it's, it's part of that fuel. So feel free to, you know, sh send in your stories that way as well, because we love to, you know, build up that community of hope, you know, people, you never know who your story could resonate with. Exactly. Oh, amen to that. It is so important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's it's because when you're in mental health problems, when you are depressed, when you're anxious, you can only feel those negative emotions and it feels so alone. And there's mm -hmm. this shame and guilt and it's all in there. And, and it's absolutely impossible that anyone else could feel like you. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Guess what? Those <laughs> those big stars that you're looking up to, that you're adoring, whose music you love to hear, they are sitting in the toilet and trying to get themselves psyched up because they are yeah. they are in the same boat as you. They have gone through dark times. It is mm -hmm. we all are, and therefore you guys are not alone out there. And it's that's the key message that I think Jessica and I want to send. You guys are yes, not alone. Sure. You don't need to hide. You, it is mm -hmm. normal the way you're feeling. So let's learn how to deal with it. Let's mm -hmm. learn how to, to embrace ourselves as who we are, what's and all, depression or low, low self-esteem or anxiety or whatever it is. It is you. It is you. But it, it's you up to this moment. Who mm -hmm. says that it needs to continue like that? Who says that you cannot flip the switch right now by actually getting in touch with super bands? You love music. You're 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 nuts about X, Y, and Z band. Well, <laughs> look at super bands. See if they can actually make your dream come true. 
And yeah, if for you sure. in, and if you're in a process, meet a new tribe where other people who are uh, who are nuts about music and nuts about things mm -hmm. and and want to be nerdy out there and want to talk all trivia about a band. Hey, how cool would that be? If you mm -hmm. actually find someone who you can relate to and have a really good time with. So exactly. Superband sounds damn good to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done you. Oh, Jessica, I so hope that that your movement will gain traction and will become an unstoppable power where people actually knock on your door, okay? I want to see <laughs> instead of, you know, Bon Jovi saying, come on, Jessica, come on, please. Take me, take me, please. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John, if you're listening, that's it. <laughs> and Richie, Richie Sambora, you're mine, okay? <laughs> so, no, it is, it is what it is. It's, it is... We are all human beings and let's make this world a better place. One interview uh, after the other, one, one message after the other. So Jessica, you're, you're gorgeous for what you're trying to do. I'm all, I'm all for, for helping you. So if you guys out there have links, so if you know maybe <laughs> your brother-in-law, sister's cousin <laughs> is actually playing in a band, Come on, you can do yeah. it. You can do it. Get in touch with <laughs> Jessica, okay? For sure. <laughs> That's great. Jessica, uh, it was such an honor to interview you. Uh, it was such a beautiful thing. Uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job there. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. I definitely appreciate it and having the ability to share, mm -hmm. share more about Superbands and the work we're doing. Excellent. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Make the most out of this, this day, this minute, this second, because it's your life. Take control and, and, and do something to make you feel good. Okay? Look after yourself, guys. Bye. <laughs>